Jennifer. Welcome to this session of Caffeine and Carrots. We are very honored and very happy to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, for all, all the participants and followers of Caffeine and Carrots, uh, it's a great pleasure to introduce Jennifer to you. I'm sure you most of you know her already. She uh, heads customer success uh, at CESO right now. And Jennifer, I saw you underwent a recent Series A, so congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Uh, you. Jennifer is also an author of a very popular book called uh, The uh, Startup's Guide to Customer Success. If uh, you haven't heard about it or read it, please go ahead. Uh, I think we all have gone through it and there's great value in what she says. Very practical, Jennifer. So congratulations on a great career so far. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Uh, as the community is aware, I think Jennifer has created uh, a niche for herself in the startup and CS overlap, right? And it's an important discussion that we have been having across different elements of the community, Jennifer, that when is the right time to do CS? Is it after a certain maturity of the organization, a certain set of customers you have, a certain revenue you hit? Uh, what is it? And and we have our all have our own opinions around it. Uh, so for yourself, what would be your answer to this question? And uh, how do you define a startup actually? Yeah, so many great questions there. So I think first and foremost, CS is a mindset in my opinion. So it's not just uh, a function. It's not like doing QBRs. It's not just all that. It's about it's all this mindset about what is. <laughs> Where does the voice of the customer live and how are they represented throughout the organization? So in that, with that said, my kind of philosophy is that customer success should really start on day zero, even with the mm -hmm. CEO. You know, mm -hmm. the CEO is in some sense the first CSM at the company, even though he yeah. doesn't or he or she doesn't necessarily have that title. Um, yeah. You know, he or she is probably the person going out. Uh, getting to know the customer, really understanding what are their pain points, what are their goals, what are their success metrics, whatever it is, you know, yeah. they're trying to find a product market fit. And that's, you know, very similar to what a lot of CSMs do uh, and, right. you know, CS in general. So that's kind of how I see it in terms of looking at, you know, when do you actually start hiring someone for customer success, dedicated to customer success? Of course, it depends by each startup. So for example, if you know, your product is super, super complex. I, you know, I talk about this um, in my book, the difference between product complexity and user complexity and how it interacts. Yeah. So if your product is super complex, it requires, you know, a million steps in order to implement. But once you implement, you, you know, it's super powerful. Then maybe you want to look into someone, uh, you know, leading customer success more early on versus something where, you know, you click a button, everything like, you know, yeah. my dog could do it sort of thing. Right. Um you know, that I think for, you know, when it looks at like, when it comes to uh, starting customer success more formally, that's kind of what you look at first. And in terms of like startups, I know there is so many different definitions of startups from, you know, pre IPO or pre exit to, um, you know, under 100 people or whatever that is. But at the right. end of the day, it really comes to, you know, team maturity. Um, so not only the whole team's maturity and the product maturity, but also like the customer success team's maturity. You know, I think later on in this, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about like tech stack and CS operations. Well, if you're a team of one in customer success, even if the rest of your company is a hundred people, 
you know, yeah. I really hope right. that's not the case, but then you're not, your team is the customer success team is not mature enough to, you know, get those huge, huge things just yet. Um, so it really depends on that team maturity. So I typically look at um, when startups are, you know, full team around, you know, 200 to 100. So that's typically series A, series B, because that's usually when you're uh, getting your feet wet, getting your motions in place, so to speak. Um, and then customer success teams can usually range between one person to, you know, even 20 people. Right, right. No, wonderful. And, you know, on, on the uh, uh, startup uh, discussion, so just a little while back, I was actually part of another webinar and there was a good question thrown at us. Uh, and, and the question was, and I think you'll, you'll, you'll like it as well. The question was, uh, as a CSM member of a startup uh, trying to get to you know, a product market fit, how do you balance out between an ideal customer and a non-ideal customer? Mm. Because that phase, you get both, typically. Oh, oh. Boy, do you get both. <laughs> um, and I think this is where I would challenge that person uh, to think about what is the ideal and how do you know already so early on, yeah. right? Like while you're still finding product market fit, you may probably have a preconceived notion of what that ideal customer is, but you right. actually don't know. Like maybe you have the wrong stakeholder, maybe you had the wrong champion, maybe, you know, that person just, you know, you got that one person that's actually ideal, but like just doesn't understand it for whatever reason. And I think kind of keeping that open mind when it comes to customer success and your ideal customer is, you know, really important because, you know, it could be that you have two different types of customers and there's two different types of strategies and CS motions that you want to run. Like one, maybe one, you know, for example, at my company, we deal you know, I'm in agriculture. And so we deal with very, very big farms, but also very, yeah. very small farms. And yeah. then so for these very, very small farms, like I, and for me, they're all ideal because very, very small farms, I'm typically working with the owner. The owner is, yeah. you know, super, super busy, has 20 million things going on, but this is a, my product is very core, but I need to make sure that I understand where they're coming from, that I am one of many. And, you know, I, I'm helping to streamline their process and they kind of you know, want to keep going with their lives and they want to make sure that their crops are okay and all that good stuff. Whereas if I'm working with a huge, huge, huge farm, typically I'm working with like a dedicated staff member to my product or to um, the right. process that I help them run. And that's right. a very different uh, you know, customer success conversation. And both of these are actually super important to our business. And so I recognize that it's not like, oh no, this is too small or this is too big. It's actually understanding and keeping an open mind of, you know, these can both be ideal customers. How do I, as a CS leader and as one of the first customer success people at the company, how do I craft a customer success strategy that, right. you know, really encompasses both of these and, you know, helps me get uh, the voice of the customer back into um, the company. Right. And also internally, how do I help communicate to every single uh, department within my company the differences between these two customers and what they need and, you know, how we want to strategize around them and how that can inform right. sales, marketing, et cetera. Right. No, wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> let me also ask you this. It's very intriguing. And uh, I think uh, it, it's good for the community to also hear from you there. So, and, and in your own experience, now that your own organization has just gone through a series A, what do you, think see changing in CS operations there in the company? 
Is it going to remain the same pre-Series A and post-Series A? According to you, what's going to be the difference? <laughs> so yeah, pre-Series A, it's just me. I was just the one lone uh, CSM. <laughs> Obviously, you know, the CS hat was worn by a lot of different people since I was pretty new to the company. But now we're already a team of three and we hope to be a team of seven by the end, yeah. like in a couple of months, which yeah. means as anyone can expect, we'll need those CS operations, the CS technology, because there's, right. you know, really two different ways you to scale. scale. And I think the, yeah. Exactly. And I think the two ways, and I think they should be, you should do both, but it just depends on how you weight them is using technology yeah. as well as hiring. So I think hiring pretty straightforward, you know, you just have a ton of customers coming in. We just need help or we need a certain type of expertise or however else you need to balance a team, you know, right. typical people management strategy sort of thing. And in terms of CS technology, like that's where you can really unlock efficiency. Like how can you get the account to uh, CSM to account ratios even better? Um, yeah. Not only for you know metrics and stuff like that to investors, but also just for yourselves. Like I don't want to yeah. be spent like as a, as a CSM or as a manager, I don't want my team to be spending their whole day on one account um, right. if they're not an, an enterprise CSM. Like I would want to make sure that that makes sense in terms of efficiency and like really unlocking um, the technology behind that, whether that is, how can I put the best metrics in front of them? How do I help, you know, maybe a little bit more junior CSMs really understand yeah. the CS motions and how to know when to do things when and what to look out for and, you know, really build those habits within them. And then also, how do I document all my processes, especially as things are going to yeah. continue to grow and scale, um, not only yeah. within the CS team, but also everywhere else? Because, you know, when you hit a series A, series B, it's not just, you know, you're adding more people. It's actually you're adding a lot more products. You're pushing out so many more um, features and channels yeah. and different marketing yeah. strategies. And how do you keep track of that? You know, that's where the CS tech stack is just so, so important. And of course, if you need yeah. to hire a CS operations person, start that team up. Um, that's yeah. also really exciting, especially when you have a lot going on in your tech stack or just a lot of things are changing or just, you know, we just need another person to help organize all of this. No, absolutely. And I think what you're saying is uh, there's a there's a definite move towards scaling it. You, you obviously have money, you have to use the money to scale. And, and <laughs> CS operations and CS itself is no different. So you have to scale it. So you need some amount of technology help. You need to scale the team, knowledge retention, struct, more structure. Yes. You could probably get away with doing ad hoc stuff and you know doing a relationship-driven sort of account management and CS operations prior to series. And now that you have to scale it, you need more processes. So whether you like it or not, there has to be some bare minimum processes coming in. Wonderful. Uh, one question there, and uh, you know this is something I think there is no right answer to it, but but uh, good to hear your thoughts, Jennifer. Uh, CS team members you mentioned, you know, hiring and scaling. So there are team members who are fit for larger organizations, very structured processes, you know, uh, a very defined way of working, less creativity, but, you know, very, very well-oiled engine. And then there are, uh, you know, more of these smaller organizations, the startups, the mid-sized organizations, where there is a lot more activity, a lot more innovation and creativity, and you have more leeway and less on the process side. For you, what, what, what are the traits you will look at for just under, having undergone a Series A? What are the traits of the first few CS team members you hired? 
What, what are some yeah. few traits you will look at? I mean, what a great question, because this is actually one of, one of my mistakes uh, early on in my CS career was hiring, um, you know, for, you know, what I think would be the best person, but it was actually for, you know, when we were huge, not for when I, when I needed her right yeah. now. Um, and, and I think Adrisa Horowitz actually has this like um, theory, uh, this, I mean, idea um, called like the Renaissance and they, they, they use it for sales, but I think it's very applicable here um, for mm-hmm. CS as well as like the Renaissance salesperson. So you can mm-hmm. see like a Renaissance um, CSM. And yeah. I think that is exactly what you need for early stage, your first, you know, four or five CSMs should all be what we call renaissance. And what does that mean? Kind of to break it down. It's like you want someone who's a little bit more jack of all trades, but really hustling, really gritty, really trying to think outside of the box and Mm -hmm. not, doesn't feel stuck in processes. And if Mm -hmm. anything, they're excited by a lack of process. They like looking to the bits being like, wow, there's nothing here. Let's go. Like that energizes them. And that can be hard to, you know, look for. So I, Sometimes one of the tricks or not tricks, but um, something that I've adopted in my interview process is actually giving them feedback up front um, during the yeah. interview, like obviously not during the first <laughs> phone screen, yeah. but maybe yeah. later on and just see like, hey, you know, great case study. Like, I actually think there's two things I want you to work on or I have two things I think could be something that you can improve on and just see how they take it. Because if that doesn't excite them, like to keep yeah. growing and keep pushing and yeah. You know, if they're like, oh, you know, you're giving me feedback. I'm always an A player. I don't know why you're like doubting me. Like you really want to suss out like what, um, how they deal with ambiguity, how they deal with, you know, really quick cycles of feedback, all this stuff, because that's what you need for a series A. And, you know, the people who are really good with processes and well oiled machines and stuff like that, hey, you're going to, you're going to get them eventually as you go to, you know, series, late series B, series C, series D. Oh yeah. They'll be in the organization for sure. And that's going to be super, super exciting. But, you know, when you're still small, you know, your CS team's less than five, 10 people, you know, you really need everyone to be pulling their way, helping you strategize, helping you, um, you know, really figure out what is the best and not feeling like, okay, you know, kickoff call. And let me ask these five questions and call it a day. It's like, no, let me, Exactly. Like you really need someone to go deep, dig deep and really like break things and understand how customers actually work. And, you know, I can go on and on, but, you know, you really need yeah. to find someone who. Yeah, you, you need the drive. Out. And what I'm hearing from you, and I couldn't agree more, Jennifer, by the way, that you need a little bit more of a solutioning mindset also that you go hunting. Yes. Ask, you know, a lot more wise than, you know, just the process allows you to. <laughs> uh, so you have to tick mark the five things on the kickoff call for sure. But, but also get into the next layer of probably details so that you can help the customer at that stage. Wonderful, I think, great insights from you. Uh, moving on a little bit to uh, technology now. So obviously scale uh, mirrors the technology adoption curve also. Uh, how does a startup go about choosing what tools and you know, what sort of stack they need? Uh, and it's a tough one. There's again no right answer, but according to you, uh, you know what what should be the thought process ideally? Yeah. So for me, it's really understanding. As a startup, you don't have a lot of time, so really understand what the technology you want the technology to do for you, <clears throat> right? Are you looking for a CRM? Are you looking for a data visualization tool? Are you looking for an email automation tool? Like whatever right. it is, like be very very clear in what you want. And, yeah. so, and the reason why is that, so when you start looking, you're not, um, you're, you're not distracted by all the bells and whistles. 
because you really need to focus on what do you need to unlock the efficiencies within your CSM and not, you know, what looks cool or what yeah. exactly do you need? It's like, no, what do I actually need my team to do? So for example, yeah. you know, I might need a visualization tool. Where does that currently live? How am I currently doing that? How am I using it? And what are, they, some, what are some of the use cases in which I would use this data visualization tool or whatever right. the, the need is? And then yeah. with that, you know, then go out into the market and really make sure that it really uh, fulfills those buckets before yeah. you even buy. Uh, I think it gets, you can get in a, in a cycle of getting too many tech stuff at once, yeah. and then it actually becomes a more of an issue, kind of like, you know, hiring and people. So yeah. be yeah. really, really thoughtful in every single one that you're bringing in, how do they integrate together, et cetera. Um, and also like, I think separately, like don't be scared of tech. I think sometimes yeah. I've run into startups who are, you know, even though we're all mostly tech, um, who are a little bit, you know, worried about like, oh, well, what if I get this? Like, will it defocus my time? And that, and that's where it all comes back to like being super, super clear and what you want a tech, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, tech uh, thing to do for you. Yeah. Um, and if you have that, that that'll help kind of alleviate a lot of those anxieties yeah. and um, kind of what you're looking for. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think, uh, you know, with, with CS tech stack, uh, the nuance is that because it's it holds a function together. So, you know, it aggregates a lot of stuff and operates a lot of stuff together. So I think it does warrant, you know, it, it is a strategic buy even for a startup. Uh, yeah. Because it's not, you know, uh, like you said, it's not a bolt on tool, which will operate on its own. You do need to invest some time to be able to actually uh, leveraging a, a full-blown CS tech like ourselves, for example. Uh, but but uh, you're right. So I think uh, it's horses for courses and you should be very good. We love a customer in the sales cycle who's very clear about the use case. This is what we want to use it for. I want to improve yeah. <laughs> my onboarding experience or I want to improve my, uh, you know, this particular metric. And that's my primary use case. We love a customer like that because then it becomes much easier to show the value prop from a sales standpoint, from an org standpoint, and obviously implement uh, accordingly as well. Vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, sure. we don't know what we want. We just want to become uh, slightly, oh. honestly, a little bit more difficult. Yeah. And I also think in terms of implementation, just from the other side, when you're implementing a tool and you're, you don't know why, why you're implementing it or you don't have a very clear use case, then it becomes much harder to implement. Like, yeah, you might feel like, oh, I want a data viz tool or I want a CRM. And, you know, you find that in Smart Carrot, which is great. Yeah. But if you don't know exactly how you're going to be using, like, are you yeah. going to focus on onboarding? Yeah. I'm going to focus on what? Then when you're creating your dashboard, like what metrics to put on there and what playbooks right. you want to highlight, then, it, it, you know, you muddy yourself um, so, you know, right. being super clear up front is super, super yeah. helpful. Um, yeah, just, you know, don't Wonderful. be scared. It's going to be uh, great. Yeah. There's, <laughs> a, a, you know, a, a significant, uh, uh, I think, area of interest for all of us, uh, me for sure, on data and metrics, okay, to be tracked. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and so I'm sure are you when you are tracking, you know, CS operations. And now specific to the startup and the maturity curve a company goes through, and I know you and I have discussed this briefly before. Uh, what metrics do you start off with? Because you can boil the ocean uh, with, uh, you know, 2025 20, very easily, uh, but it may not solve for what you are actually trying to achieve. Is it better to start off with a few? If yes, which few would you recommend starting off with? Oh, completely. It's so much better to start off with a few. And that's, you know, another one of the mistakes I did when early on in my CS career was like, okay, let me get 
all these metrics because of I have an understanding of everything that's going on to help me. And then it was, I was boiling ocean. I was not focusing on anything. Um, and that was not good. So I really recommend kind of startups starting with three and the three are, you know, essentially following the customer journey map, adoption, engagement, and renewal. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is really understand like, and you know, it's not just like, oh, Jen says adoption. Therefore I should just put in adoption metrics. Like, no, figure out what adoption metric works best for you. Right. So what, like, for example, you know, I use Slack a lot. So maybe my first adoption metric is that they've logged into Slack, that they've created a Slack account and you make it super easy. Like if you don't know where your bar is, like, you know, choose one and then see where you're at. And then you can eventually graduate to the next one. So maybe in the Slack example, uh, I see that, you know, I started out with like 70% of everyone uh, creating their account within the first three days or something. And now it's at 90%. Great. I, I feel pretty good about that. Let me then graduate my adoption metric to sending the first message, for example. Right. And then right. maybe that'll be like, okay, now that's back to 70. And then I can work on that. So you're having like a, you know, a maniacal focus on just like one adoption metric. And how do I get that to the next level? And the same thing goes for engagement. So like, when are they coming back? How are they remembering you um, throughout the cycle? And how are they using, like, are they, you know, using you post-adoption, post-implementation? Uh, because if they're not, oof, that's a, that's a different problem. And of course, you can't forget about renewals. But again, here is not trying to boil the ocean. It's not, ref- yep. you know, renewals, retention, churn, you know, uh, referrals, advocacy, you know, all yep. that stuff. No, just focus on one. And yep especially for startups, like sometimes the renewals is too far ahead for you to yeah. even, you know, really focus on strategy. That's great. Yeah. Think about that upfront. So for example, sometimes I do, you know, try like how many trial churns do we have yeah. or how yeah. many people, uh, what's our trial retention number? And I'm like, yeah. I'm not even thinking of contract retention because if my trial retention is, uh, you know, horrible, you know, my yeah. re- retention, my actual retention is not going to be any good, any right. better. And right. so um, like, what is that first, like, uh, milestone in which they have to show that their commitment, whether that is they, they, you know, get that add on that most people will probably get, or they get that, you know, they, they, maybe in the Slack example, um, early on, maybe it's, you know, they got it, but maybe they got, you know, their entire company on, or they get their entire, like more than 20 people on it. Cause that shows a commitment that they did to yes. bring more, um, to you. And yeah. So be creative when it comes to metrics, but I really think it should be one, just three. So, you know, adoption, yeah. re- engagement, and then renewals. That does not mean to not look at anything else. It just means, yeah. you know, how do you focus your time um, and how do you kind of like focus your energies when it comes to metrics? Wonderful, wonderful. I think uh, very well said. So I, I'll, I'll ask you one more uh, before, you know, we, we end this session, but, but uh, and this is a head of CS question. So in your role, uh, you are sort of the conduit through which you know the board matrix and the board initiatives actually get implemented through the team, right? So then that mm-hmm. messaging goes through you, uh, the KPIs goes through you. Uh, has there been any you know learnings across the challenges? Because it's not very easy to you know one address the board and and the CX whole layer uh, in a certain way. And then when you trickle that down into actual operations and actual customers, ground reality is slightly different always. Uh, so you have to, you know, do that amplification or the transformer uh, sort of job. Uh, 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 but 
but has there been any learnings for you there from a head of cs role how do you actually balance out both sides yeah and i think it's really about you know as you were saying transforming trans like you're just translating right like how am i um you know message a kpi to my team is maybe probably probably it's going to be different than how i message the, message the exact same kpi and how right. i tell that story around it um upwards even right. you know you know even quarterly or um right. you know whatever that is and just being really clear in that story like of course there's the stories are going to be very similar but it's like how do i tailor it to the audience of what do they care about why do they care about it it's kind of similar to customer success it's like internal customer yeah. success is like what are their yeah. goals why do they why are they interested in this metric and how can i yeah. make sure i'm telling that story around it so yeah. you know if it's lower than expected or higher than expected how do i you know even manage expectations around it how do i tell that story um so that folks are all you know in line and i think for me like that was one of my earlier mistakes is that i would be like well you know this is our number you know I'll, i'll just blast it to everyone without necessarily contextualizing and you know providing the context that people needed um you know when they like when they receive that information because mm -hmm. you know you can confuse yeah. more people than help yeah. um, if yeah. you just blast yeah. it yeah agreed agreed no great great having you jennifer i think you provided some wonderful insights hopefully the audience also likes it uh, we will be circulating this uh, on on all channels specifically Thank you uh, again for joining Caffeine Carrot session with us. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks again for having me. It was so much fun. No, great pleasure. Thank you.